0: Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the No Limits Podcast, the professional sports broadcast brought to you by the State Hornet Network. I am your co-host Mac Irvin III and joining me once again is my friend and co-host Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today?
1: Good, good. What's happening? What's good with Mac? (laughs) Man,
0: I'll tell you what, I want to give a big thank you to everybody who's listening right now because if you knew the amount of technical difficulties and glitches we've had to go through just to get to this point uh all we can do is thank you for your support because this has been one frustratingly tough session to set up tough (laughs) but we're not gonna let that dampen the spirits because the only limit we have here is the time limit And if you are upset from that corny line, you can blame our podcast editor, Robbie, because he suggested I make it. (laughs) So let's let's move on to the rundown this week. We got uh, the Clippers choking again in the playoffs. Of course, we recorded our first episode before the game seven. And of course they lost. So we're going to have to talk about them and clown them a little bit. Then Mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about the conference finals. You know, both games, both series are still happening. The Lakers are actually playing tonight as we're recording this, and then we're going to dive into the week three, week two and week three of the NFL season. There were a lot of big injuries and a lot of key storylines come out of this week. So let's jump right into it. And Gary, talk to me about the Clippers, man. What's what's what happened there?
1: (laughs) Yeah, as we know, we recorded our episode that day, and we both were talking about before we even recorded the episode, there's a chance like, we're gonna be looking real dumb after this podcast drops. But Man, as we both talked about before, an Epic Collapse really on the whole team's part. And really, I just really want to start off with saying, let's go by who who do we give the blame pie to. That's what I like to say, the blame pie. I'm going to first give 50% to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. To me, those two guys right there, I feel like all year long, this team has been having trouble with mainly just leadership, leadership, leadership. Every spot that Kawhi has been to, he's, or leadership's already been in place. That's already been in San Antonio with Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich, going to the Raptors Raptors with Nick Nurse being the head coach, coach of the year, and Kyle Lowry. So here the leadership really needed to start with, especially with a championship team, got to start with some sort of – I got to blame Kawhi Leonard even though I don't want to, even though I feel like he showed up majority of the game except that last game. I've been wanting to say this all week. He, both of those players shitted the floor. They literally shitted on the floor, Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah it was a really dismal performance i i was watching the game it didn't feel like at any point the clippers were gonna pull away and seal this game away it always felt like even from halftime they were only up two points i'm looking at the score right now denver won the game 104 mm-hmm. to 89 it never felt like they were gonna truly pull away and i know the popular thing is to clown paul george Playoff P. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. saw a lot of that on Twitter. I indulged in a little bit of it myself, like in a few tweets. Mm-hmm. the the, sland, the slander was off the charts. <laughs> but uh, I do feel like some of the blame has to go on Doc Rivers as the head coach because mm-hmm. this is supposed to be like this is your biggest game of the season and you were expected to go to the conference finals at almost the minimum really, mm-hmm. from all the hype that you had in the preseason and for them to come out and lay as big as it ed- as big of an egg as they did. I mean, yeah, you're gonna look at the star players, but you also got to look at the head coach, and you got to think. Yeah, I know Doc Rivers' resume. I know his pedigree as a head coach, but you know, is it, is he really gonna take them over the hump to the next level? Can they come back next year and actually make it to the conference finals? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's the question. Like we all know Doc's pedigree. Like you say, he has a top-ranked resume in the NBA, but we also know he has three series where this has happened to him before. And you you don't want it. You can't. I mean, you want to say Clipper Curse, but you're like. The Clipper Curse shouldn't I got to this team. This team was way too good for no Clipper Curse. So I mean, like you said, Doc Rivers can be a problem. I'm, I'm. If like I don't know if you seen the reports today or I think yesterday about the uh, Paul George's uh, post game <laughs> uh, comments and his teammates reacting, basically saying "Shut up" and like we ain't trying to hear all that. You gotta take more blame pie yourself. I know he's probably trying to be a positive person. Come back next year, we're gonna do great. Which. A lot of people, I've been seeing them already count them out next year. I mean, I like to give Kawhi Leonard the benefit of doubt, at least, just because he's a champion. And, uh, like, I'm, not, I'm a LeBron fan, but I've seen LeBron fail in his finals in 2011 versus the Dallas Mavericks. So I'm going to give Kawhi Leonard, even though he didn't fail no second round, and he didn't fail to no team that's going to lose in the next round, the team he lost to won the championship. But at the same time, I'm going to give Kawhi Leonard one more year. I got to – you got to give blame to – I know you said not to give too much blame to Paul George, but it's like, man – Dude, this comes up too much, too too much too often. Last time we see you do really good in the playoffs was like playing Miami when LeBron was on the team. In those years, a couple of times you still flunked in the test right there, you know. So it's like I'm not the type of. What do you think, Mac? you think what do you think the Clippers should do going forward? They should. I'm hearing maybe Paul George trades. What you think? They should run it back one more year. We all know they have two years on the contract. What do you think, Mac?
0: I don't think they have any choice but to run it back. I mean, mm-hmm. with the with the assets they gave up to get Leonard and George, like, you're committed to this for at least, at least the length of the contract, right? If you were to give up now, well, then you've just given away five years of first-round picks for nothing. You know, you didn't even make the conference finals. So I think uh, a Paul George trade, to me, is completely out of the question. They, it's just a matter of them... Using the assets they have, they're gonna probably gonna have some kind of exception in uh, free agency. Maybe they could try to trade some of their role players around, but uh, and now Kawhi and Paul George are staying put. And uh, I like to imagine they're they're gonna keep Doc Rivers around for at least one more year. Uh, and uh, yeah, to the way I see it, they're pretty locked into this. So they just gotta find what their major weakness is and overcome it because it's simply not good enough what they're doing right now.
1: Yeah, like you talked about weaknesses, we can talk about that real quick. I, I think two weaknesses we can see in this team this year, like I already said, leadership is one of the main things. I think they're going to need to get either a, a better ball handler, at point guard, or like, well, now I hear, like I heard the other day on Steve Nash and uh, Kevin Rant talking about, there's no position. It's like whoever's been the ball, like the initiator, they said. So we need a better initiator because I feel like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, yeah, they're pretty good at assisting, but I feel like they need someone to help them over that hump to really get people in their places. And as we know, they're not going to be able to get through AD or Jokic it looks like now if they don't got a big man because Harold, he's a good player, but, man, he's too small for both of those guys. So they're going to have to do something on that end. And, yeah, like you said, I feel like they have no choice to run it back at least one more year. you got to give them one more chance. I, one thing I do not want to hear next year, Mac, I do not want to hear no load management. That clearly <laughs> has failed. It's a hit or a miss with that. So, man, come out and play like you need to play. If you're injured, sit, no problem. If you're not. Go ahead and play. I know next year we might be hearing that even more because it might be a shortened season, like tight season, trying to get done with the 82, especially with COVID going on. So let's see what happens.
0: Oh, I absolutely believe you're gonna hear more of that load management stuff. I don't think that's going away anytime soon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I do agree with your point. They do need they do need a real ball handler. And I'm not sure where they're gonna find one. You know, there are rumors that Chris Paul's on the trade market, but I don't I can't see him going back to LA. that's a whole nother discussion exactly but uh outside of that man it it makes me wonder if they regret giving up shea gilgis you know maybe he would have had some kind of bigger impact in that role there's maybe the coming off the bench point guard maybe pat beverly but who knows at this point Mm -hmm. you know all right and moving on from the los angeles clippers let's talk a little bit more about the team that beat them the denver nuggets they're in the series with the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Lakers are up 2-0 in the series thanks to Anthony Davis's last second shot at the end of game, Two. And, Gary, do you see a way back for the Nuggets in this series?
1: Nope. No way, no how. No way, Jose. Whatever you want to put it, Mac, there's no way they're coming back. I'm surprised if they get one game. I said they would get one game, but... If they get it down tonight, then it's really over. Bring the brooms out, boom. But I they, I have a gut feeling they're going to pull one out tonight, hopefully, just to make it a little interesting series. But, man, it looked like a clear, clear path for LeBron James to get his fourth ring. We're going to be hearing goat talks all over again in the summer. So, yeah, I don't feel like there's no way. I'm disrespecting Nuggets. I feel like they could get one. But now nah, I don't really see no way they're going to win this. They don't have just really, they have no stop LeBron. LeBron's averaging 20 points. That's scary. He hasn't even started yet. They're up two zero. Well. Anthony Davis literally turned it on in the second half when he wanted to. we already seen a glimpse of LeBron hit his first half, scoring 20. So defensively only thing they really can't stop, it looks like when Jokic really, really wants to turn it on, it's kind of difficult, but that's anybody. But Jamal Murray looks like he's in, he's going to be – he's in, he's a key factor Mac, to me. If he can do some noise, that's when that Clipper series turned. Yeah, Jokic starts the engine as well, but when Jamal Murray is getting, getting in and out of the lane, creating for other people, the team gets more empowered and they do great. But I just don't feel like they're going to be able to control the tempo and really control this game for them to win it.
0: I'm glad you brought up Jamal Murray cuz he's been a key factor for me as well. I think he's one of the key pieces of the Nuggets team and uh there's he needs both everybody on the Nuggets team needs to be playing at their best for them to have a chance. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. in game 2, they even had a chance to win the game and uh the Lakers, you know, were in control up through the first half of the game and then it's almost like they took their foot off the accelerator in the second half and they allowed the Nuggets to close back in, and that's what made it so close. You know, obviously, the last-second three-pointers saved them from going 1-1 in the series. But to me, I I agree with you. To me, that felt like uh, back when JR made that mistake in game, one of the finals, you know, how people say it, was, it made it a completely different series. Oh, to yeah. me, that's that's what that moment was i was it's it feels like a moment you don't come back from especially for the nuggets when they were that close to stealing the game off the lakers i just don't know if they are mentally prepared enough to come back from that deficit
1: yeah exactly Jokic are trying to will them, that team to win in that fourth quarter when they were going back to back to back with him and anthony so they really wanted that one but I have a gut feeling that team is a little bit different as we can see come back 3-1. They're going to have some fight tonight. I going say, try to get one more. It's 2-1. is looking like a new series to them because in their mind, they should probably be up 2-1 because last game. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, no team in the NBA has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. So if the Lakers win tonight, that's got to be wraps, right? Although, oh, 100%. I've I've been wrong in predictions before, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. put that on ice.
1: We have. unless.
0: <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about the Easter conference It's a little bit more interesting there, mm-hmm. even though it is a two, one series lead for the Miami heat. I think people have underestimated the heat a little bit this season, even though they've made it to the conference finals, a lot of people still didn't give them a chance against the Celtics. What do you make of that series? I think they've been playing really well. And for me right now, uh, they're look, look like a lock to win the Easter conference
1: and maybe even give LeBron and them run for their money. Yeah, you said the Heat, right? That's who you've been baking on, I think, the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been baking on the, the Celtics, to be honest with you. Like, it's, I, this series is so tough. Like, I don't really know who's going to win next game. It literally looks like a toss-up because last game looks like that Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward slipped my mind. I've been saying Gordon Hayward all before the playoffs. He just slipped my mind just somehow, someway this series. I just thought he was going to be out. He's done. But, no, that, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you watched him act like that. That little insert, even though he barely scored, that thirty minutes he played that night was just magical because he just created he just comes he's just another threat. Another ball handler, passer, defender, everything. Gordon Hay was a real good player. He was really good in Utah as well. And he's been pretty good when he's healthy and too in the Celtics jersey. So I still got the Celtics winning. Obviously if they don't win the next game, ah, it's gonna look pretty rough. But if they can win next game, it's gonna be a whole new series. It's the best of three then and then there's no home court. So I just think they got a little more weapons. Even Butler even said it. The Celtics have more talent than us, but the first two games really been nail biters, and Jimmy Butler's leadership and everything has really came through in the clutch. So if they can if they can make it, so it's not that much of a clutch game, because Jimmy is scary in the clutch as in making plays. Even Dragic, no man, that guy, Hero, all these guys, and don't get me wrong, Tatum and them are pretty good too, but. Uh, when it comes down to the end, it looks like they don't have enough experience against that team. Jesse believe just against Jimmy because he's the one who makes all the winning game-winning plays, so that's why I think, but I think that Celtics can pull it off if they can really win tomorrow. That's the key game.
0: The experience factor definitely should pay a factor for Boston. If they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Final, if they don't make it to the Finals, you know, is this considered a lost season for them? Because they've been They've been that team that's always been so close in the playoffs. Like they're always in the playoffs. They always get to at least the semis, right? And they're Mm -hmm. always just like a one piece away. Like they missed missing Kyrie and Gordon that one year. They should have went to the finals when they pushed LeBron to that game seven. Mm -hmm. They stumbled last year and they're stumbling right now. Is their window closing? I just I worry that if they don't if they don't if they don't act now, but you know before they have to lock everybody up. You know, I worry that their window is going to close on them if they can't take advantage of what a lot of people perceive as a weakened Eastern Conference.
1: Danny Ainge, do not do nothing with his team at all. They got Kemba locked up. They got Tatum locked up. Going Hayward's about to be locked up. Well, he's already locked up. They got to get Tatum and Brown locked up, and boom, that's four. Right, that's man, that's four awesome scorers. You really need a big man. I want to keep Marcus Smart because he just brings something else to that team. But nah, Mac, I don't think they should break up this team. Yeah, like you said, they've been knocking at the door for a couple of years now, especially in the East Finals. But then again, like you said, they're they're young guys, and and the other team over there is kind of young too in certain aspects too. But they got two guys like Dragic and Butler who are really. And Iguodala as well, who but he hasn't been playing that many. Like he plays minutes, but you know what I'm saying. Like he's really been closing that much. But those guys right there got really some playoff experience, and they're showing it. That team got something about it. They're both gritty teams, but that team has something about it. But now I don't think the window's closing just yet. I think they got a big time window still, especially with Tatum still there.
0: You're right, and with a lot of them on uh, rookie contracts and rookie extensions, you know they they do have that long term security. I just mm-hmm. hope that they're able to act on it now as opposed to waiting until it's too late like we saw like we seen with the thunder and teams like that
1: yeah or even with the sixers starting to feel like that just a little bit, bit. a lot of people should want them to get traded i don't know i still i still want to ride that
0: yeah i i, I think it's i think it's too early to completely blow up the sixers you know but we got to see what they do this year i mean this is gonna be real telltale year for them if they fail again then Kiss, every, kiss everything goodbye you might be going back into another process
1: yeah the main thing I always think about I don't know my thing is always the same thing with like every team my, NBA in my opinion is always about accumulating the most talent especially now when there's not even a position in this league NFL is a different story you need to drop by position but like NBA I feel you accumulate the most talent as we've seen as the Kings did not a negative talk we shouldn't pick up Luca because you got to get the most talented player but that's another story for another day. Oh no, no we gotta here. get
0: we gotta get big men. We gotta stockpile big men.
1: Yeah, I mean, we need to. If we can get a big man like Anthony Davis who could do both, that'll be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout out to the Sacramento Kings, though. They hired a new GM in Monty mm-hmm. McNair. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about them and where they're going next week when yeah. we're not focused with actual playoff teams, which is where mm-hmm. the Kings should be. <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's a good thing you brought up uh, the NFL and drafting by position because that's where we're headed next on our last topic of the day. Let's recap week two of the NFL. And, my God, it was a terrible week for players and injuries and all that. And if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, you hate the Meadowlands Stadium and you hate week two of the NFL season, despite a win against the Jets. They lost Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas. Do you think this damages their season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to look up right now. I remember I, they lost. more they lost. I think two more players, even above that. Mac. Oh my god. Mozart, too, Day, to right? Day,
0: And Mostert's oh, week, week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think they lost one more guy too. I forgot, but because I remember I seen on sports Time last night. They lost four guys. But I was like, man, I'm not a Niners fan, so I don't care. But uh, like, <laughs> I know you're happy. Oh, we can. We gotta go to that game too, real quick. The Seahawks game. But yeah, the mm, Niners. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, I feel bad for that. I feel bad, man. I feel, do feel bad. A lot of these players go. To me, look, I'm gonna be Barkley, Bosa, Campbell, McCaffrey, Taylor, Sutton, Young, Lockett. It's just like, I mean, it's NFL. You can get injured any year, anytime. So it's like, ah, do you really want to blame no preseason games and stuff? But yeah, man, that Niners. Hopefully, I guess you could just say it's the beginning of the year. So hopefully, they get to get together by the end. I seen looked at their schedule too, because my uh. One of my friends is not a fan, so he was talking smack. So I'm like, oh, all right, let me check your guys' schedule. I haven't really looked in depth in your guys' schedule. I looked I was like, oh, all right, next couple weeks, they're going to be still good. But, man, that end, they better get their players together because it's looking bad at the end of that. It's looking real bad. They play, obviously, the Seahawks twice. They got the Rams. They got, they got some people coming. It's going to be real bad for them. So they better get together early.
0: Yeah, seven torn ACLs across the league in mm-hmm. week two two of them on the 49ers it was just a terrible week for injuries in general and if you're a fantasy playing man like us two are mm-hmm. you, you hated this you hated this week especially for those of us who lost mccaffrey for four to six weeks and crippled our run game did you but, win uh, first week?
1: did you win this week
0: i did but I did i'm too. scared for, i'm scared for the next six weeks because i don't have a running game
1: Quick story, I bro, all my team shit the bed, all of them. I'm telling you, all of them. I wish I can go down their names. I already forgot. I gotta look at my phone again. But literally (laughs) yesterday, I won by two points because Drew Brees just didn't get the job done. Thank God, I was scared, and he had the kicker for New Orleans. I was like, oh no. I was only up coming into yesterday's game by 20 points, Matt. I was like, man, thank God I pulled that one out.
0: Uh, Since you brought it up earlier, let's go into that Seahawks Patriots game. Obviously a repeat of Super Bowl 49. A lot less on the line here. No fans, no playoffs. It's the second week of the season, but it was still a tight and exciting game. And for Seahawks fans across the world like me, you probably had a heart attack at the end of the game as you do every week. Because the Seahawks always love to leave it close and make us wonder mm-hmm. if we're gonna end up in the hospital at the end of the night. <laughs> Thirty-five Man. to thirty win for Seattle. Stop Cam Newton on the one-yard line. <laughs> what did you think about that game? Because I got a lot to say.
1: I got to give props to Russell Wilson and Cam. Cam with three ninety-seven yards. Russell Wilson two eighty-eight, five TDs. Both of these guys played wonderful. It was just really, I just loved watching that game, going back and forth. And, oh, that last play, ah, it's like it was a good run. I mean, I think everyone knew it. Cam didn't get the ball. I knew it. I called it. I called it, My whole family's calling him. Cam didn't get the ball. He just did that for the last touchdown. He has to get the ball. I I feel like he just did what his heart is at right now, which is let me fit in the system and go. But I feel like if you just – you know, I think even Cammy talked about it posting. Like, man, I feel like any other day he would have been like, oh, whoa, there's no gap there. Turn around. Side. You know, like he would have flipped that into a touchdown for sure. But you got to give credit where credit is due, man. My uh, preseason MVP, Russell Wilson, showing why he should be MVP still. And, yeah, them Seahawks looking nice. I had the Saints coming out versus the Kansas City this year. But, man, the, man, the, the Seahawks make me really think that. So we'll probably discuss that but when it comes a little closer to playoff time. But, yeah, that was a great game to watch. And, yeah, that's really what it is.
0: Yeah, I think Russell Wilson's definitely it seems like he's motivated to win MVP this year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's been the story coming in the year, how he's never gotten a single MVP vote. So it seems like he and the team just came out and said, All right, I'm gonna just gunsling all game long. And he has looked amazing. I mean, he saw he only had one interception through these past two games, and it wasn't his fault. It was because Greg Olson lost it and it just Mm -hmm. fell into the hands of McCordy. But uh yeah, Russell Wilson looks great, and the Seahawks looks like a real contender in this NFC. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, though, because it's a real competitive NFC West. You got three mm-hmm. teams at 2-0 and at already. You know, the Rams and the Cardinals are at 2-0. And teams you know, that I play
1: with too.
0: despite the Niners being injured, they're still a big threat in the NFC West. So like I said, when they made the, uh, the playoff change, it's a real possibility that all four teams from the NFC West can make the
1: playoffs this year. Yeah, that is a big time. That could really happen. Yeah, you're right. You, let's go ahead to another game. Let, what was your biggest Uh, let's say, what was your biggest let's go to the, you want to talk about the Cowboys game Mac? Uh, uh
0: yeah. let's, talk, let's, talk about, let's talk about how much of a failure uh, the Falcons are as a football team. That was embarrassing, man. And there's no excuse for losing that game. They were up they were up at least 12 points in the final two minutes and the pitiful onside kick. It seemed like the Falcons forgot they could touch the ball at any point, and they, they just good. They just watched it go ten yards. It was. It's going. It's one of the most embarrassing moments I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, there's no excuse for the Cowboys winning that game. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have been in the position they should have. They were in in the first place. I think Dallas is a much better has much, a lot more talent on the team and has a lot more pedigree to be beating a team like Atlanta, but for Atlanta to have the lead the way they did and the crumble, the way they did is unacceptable. And I said, Dan Quinn should have been fired last year and uh, he should be fired this year as well. So yeah, I know everyone's yeah, they're, they're not going job. anywhere.
1: Yeah. Everyone's calling for his job. I don't know if call for his job just because they were up 20 zero the first quarter. It's like, man, like, and I can't really blame them. I can't really blame him on that last play. Like you said, boneheaded play by all the players on the field at that moment. You could touch it any time. It's funny, they, the guy, I forgot his name, who got the ball on the Cowboys used to play for Atlanta, and he was in that game when they, they lost Super Bowl to New England. So he's probably like, I know these guys are going to do the same thing, mess this up. <laughs> but, like, it's like. Man, them Cowboy fans. I know they was high. My brother was yelling across the room. My uncles, everyone calling me. How about them Cowboys? You know, I got a hot tail. He keep telling me. My whole family's Cowboys fan. All I root for is two things every weekend, Matt Steelers win, Cowboys lose. My weekend is happiest, happy as hell that weekend. But, yeah, you got to get Cowboys prop. That shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. Like you said, they're a good team. They have more talent than this team. It seems like Dak Prescott likes to play better when he's down. I don't know why. 450, 450 yards did really good. Even Zeke did pretty good, eight nine yards. Lamb had one hundred six yards. So this team is good. I like I like Todd Gurley. He was looking pretty nice. Matt Ryan and like they got some. yeah. Atlanta's nothing to play with too. I feel like they could make some noise too this year too. So I guess that defense really put on a shit show really at this <laughs> at that point. And then. They gotta be able to they gotta be able to finish games, man. You can't have that back to back to you, man. They can't you can't have these type of games when you have that many big of leads and losing those. So I think you're right, Matt. Something gotta be done on that side.
0: Real quick, cool, your top two surprise teams of uh the first two weeks of the NFL season. I'm gonna go with the Raiders because I, I didn't mine. expect them to be I didn't expect them to be this good. And
1: the Vikings because I didn't
0: expect them to be this bad. They've looked awful.
1: Uh I hate you. You took both of mine. I was just about to say the Raiders, <laughs> I was like Raiders and I, and I've been picking every day on my show, the G Show, 4 to 5 every Friday on KSCU, Be Yourself. Uh, hey, no in. cross
0: promotion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, the Vikings, I've been picking them every week. I'm like, they're going to win this week. They got to get to the- – oh, okay, then I'll throw a different team out there. Man, the Eagles. Come on, y'all. I always go for the Eagles to beat the Cowboys. Y'all got to do something. What? <laughs> it's looking bad. Like, Oh, yeah, but I also want to throw my team out there too, Steelers. We looking nice, even though that Bron- we look- it was looking a little iffy in that fourth quarter, but still – we was look. Like, we've been looking nice, especially our defense. And man, I think we looking nice this year. And then any other surprise team? Uh, Rams. I thought they were gonna be good, but not as much they've been looking good. So yeah, that's really it. But yeah, the Eagles definitely. Like, come on, you guys. You guys gotta do way better than you guys are doing all right now.
0: <laughs> I agree with that. And on that terrible disappointment, it looks like it's time for us to end the show. Uh, our time limit has been reached. So we want to thank you again for listening. To no limits, our second episode brought to you by the State Hornet Podcast Network. Be sure to tune in next week for hopefully a flawless show. (laughs) And no, hopefully, but no promises. For Gary Singh, I've been Mac over the third. We'll see you next week. Peace
1: out.